0: So, if you can indulge me, we need to do a recap of year one because we need a trailer. I figured we could just start from the beginning in the timeline and just kind of go from there and and discuss. So
1: first things first, everybody got accepted to go to Strixhaven.
0: That's right. True
1: fact.
0: I
2: wasn't accepted, it was a foregone conclusion.
0: Arc one is Welcome to Strixhaven. It is episodes one through seven. Okay. And what this covers Is the arrival at Strixhaven campus. The first few classes we introduce all the professors that are relevant right up until your job interviews and that's the first arc.
1: So it feels like the important thing we get from there is the introduction of important NPCs. And
3: the first day of class we did fight the empty chest in the
0: dorm tower. Yes. Right, that's where we got our name from almost.
3: Almost! We weren't quite the F-Squad yet but there was that thing.
0: I feel like Griff for the most part in that arc was very standoffish towards yeah. everyone, like everybody.
1: And Mistake didn't like Gary because he was a human. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right, human that, was that arc. Your roommates, just to clarify, were of course Aurora Winterstar, Rosie Waspitalums, Greta Gorin, Tobias Swiftfoot, and Melbethorn, all of whom will be known by the Strixhaven community. Those names will just go over a lot of other people's heads, probably, but... Is uh, <laughs> uh, Toby... Uh, he
3: wasn't... Uh, no.
0: Toby sure. was not. That was actually... It's you're right. Crew. You're right. Toby was a uh, original <laughs> creation. Yeah, yeah, But he
4: was. Well, I don't know. Like, all of all of our tower mates... The one that we ended up trusting the most was the one that we probably should have trusted the least. Toby. It, oh,
1: well, yes, all. Of I like how you it. pointed Alex. What like, <laughs> yes. of Alex? What of Many, many, many characters. NPCs, yeah. And then for that arc, I think for student NPCs, the only other particularly significant one was Rampart. Yeah. We meet
0: Rampart. We meet Lorene as well. Oh, that's oh,
1: Lorene. Yeah.
3: We also did meet Quintilius because he was. Uh, yeah, he was
4: uh, he drama society. Yeah. He
1: was like not at all significant in year one. No. That changes! Don't tell Poilets. him that. You will
4: break his heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was enforceably not significant in year one because
0: Cosmo yeah. won him into the play. It's yeah, a story. she says. I think it's fair to say that there are several embassies that become relevant in year two that were not as relevant in year one slash didn't exist in year one. really, It hadn't been introduced yet.
1: This might be moving us into arc two. Yep. So anything else we want to cover on arc one?
0: I think the only thing I want to cover is that everybody got their job in Arc One, yep. Mistake began working at the Biblioplex. Cos uh, got a job at Spas, the Strixhaven Performing Arts Society, as a stagehand originally, but now sort of a jack of all trades. Gary Gregg, of course, the chef at the Bozeman Tavern, and our beloved Leonin, Griffin Burninghammer. He wasn't beloved. <laughs> he
1: at was Park not today. beloved in Argonne, though.
0: No. That's true. The
1: one, I think, significant staff NPC thing is that Professor Minisha Galvan sponsored Mistake mm. to come yes. to the school.
0: That's right. That's after right. After she
1: stole one of his books. Yep. <laughs> after he <laughs> killed someone. Well, way know, after that. Way <laughs> after it's, it's a long technically time
3: after that. True. Yeah. It's
4: technically
3: it's, true. It's not a spoiler because we're assuming you've listened to year one by the time you're hearing this. If you were listening technically,
4: to this. This is also for people who haven't listened
0: to year one.
1: That's true. We'll get to that. We do will shit. get to the murder. So we're moving into arc two. We're
0: moving into arc two. Arc two is the F Squad. That's really where the group becomes a squad, and that's episodes eight through thirteen. Beginning with the Tavern Brawl, which is uh, where you guys come up with the name. The yeah, yeah.
4: It's because previously we fought a chest and then we fought a rug and then we, and then we were just like... We're just and, a room. Yeah, and a broom. And a broom. Room. For the record, F-Squad stands for Furniture Fighters. Or there are also like six other words to The we'll right squad Furniture
0: <laughs> Fighting Freshmen.
4: Five famous Furniture Fighting Former freshman Friends. Fuck. Yep. <laughs>
0: It begins at the Tavern Brawl, we meet Dapplewing. Well, we've met Dappawing before in scenes where she gave speeches, but this is the first time Dappawing interacts with the party, and it's a big deal because she hated you guys, and you guys hated her, slash maybe still do a little bit, but uh, that relationship did not start off well. We also meet our lovable vampire this episode, but through a flashback. Uh, Dean Julian Valentin.
4: Oh
1: my god!
4: (laughs) Yeah, I do think this was the introduction of Amber.
0: Yeah, that moves us up to- I love him.
1: Does arc 2 get into where Gary is basically catfishing Rampart accidentally?
0: (laughs) It does! Heck yeah! That moves us up to the first exam, which is where the catfishing began.
1: Oh, that's right, because of the books. So, in Gary's defense, Rampart took all the books that Gary needed from the library. Rampart did not need them, he just took them to make it so Gary couldn't have them. So Gary, you know, being the smart boy that he is, used a disguised self potion to make him look like somebody else, then befriended Rampart. However, Rampart may have seen it as more than friendship. Whoopsies.
0: Speaking of yeah. Rampart not liking people, this arc also contains the heist at Captain Dabblewing's Manor, which is where you all got into a, a scuffle with their boy Rampart.
3: And we wiped his memories! <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We did try very hard to not get in a fight with him. You got in
0: through the basement door, one of you lockpicked. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The whole Whole time, Mistake doesn't want to hold true to the stereotype that. Tieflings or thieflings.
2: <laughs> I love that. So
3: she was trying very hard to act like she's never done this before and that she's not good at breaking and entering and that she's never picked a lock before. But then when Gary tried to pick the lock and the lockpick just broke inside the lock and we don't know how to get in, mistakes, she's like, fine, fuck it.
4: <laughs> the heist was yep. chaotic, is how I would describe it. Yeah.
1: We did our best. Yeah,
4: th- it turns out if you give a low-level party, access to a legendary magical sovereign glue item, then we do
0: some weird shit. Shit gets wacky. Two <laughs> of my favorite items. That is my bad.
3: It <laughs> It is great.
2: Griff still has some, but...
3: I
0: I enjoyed it because, for you guys, the party was very much about stealth, whereas the module makes it a dungeon crawl, like you are meant to be going through most of these rooms and fighting shit that's coming to life, and it's just assumed that you're gonna do it, but you guys just was like, nope, and you guys threw me for a loop, and I was prepared to run all these fights, and then suddenly it was just Rampart at the end.
4: So we were there to steal the book that we thought Adine was trapped inside of.
0: And he
3: was. Yeah. He, he was, was trapped inside of it. It was
0: a rescue mission.
3: And we were so worried about getting caught. We knew there were going to be alarms that went off like as soon as Rampart woke up. So we did not do anything with this book. We immediately gave it to a monkey. <laughs> yeah.
0: Once again the
3: <laughs>
1: monkey. Yes.
0: Once again the plan was to go into the book to get the Dean back, but you know how D&D is funny like that and (laughs) you can't ever predict what's gonna happen.
1: So this seems like a good opportunity to talk about Rose Pentagar. Um,
0: Yes, I agree.
1: So Rose Pentagar was a student a little over 200 years ago. She was a protege of Dean Valentin, probably one of the only staff members who was there back then and also there in the now times. And she had been terminally ill
0: uh, an illness that cannot be cured by magic.
1: And she really liked books. She was very good at magic. She came up with this spell that let her enter and live inside of her own books and affect what was happening there. And there was also a story about how she tried to touch the snarl once and she got expelled. Because
3: she thought touching the snarl might cure her illness the way that the pool underneath the snarl is like a healing thing yeah. yeah yeah but she as far as we know did not actually succeed at touching the snarl and was expelled for the attempt yeah yeah as far as we know every single
4: person who's touched a snarl or thing that's touched a snarl has just been unmade
3: mineral
1: yeah. things are okay though because Shelly threw the jade stone through it and oh, that sure. just gave it magical properties yes
0: uh Dean Bram was trying to figure out how the enchantment worked and therefore he checked out a video very special book on pocket dimensions, and uh, through examining this book called *The Joy of Extra-Dimensional Spaces*, written by King, he got trapped in there. So he was only trying to figure out how Rose is able, was able to put pocket dimensions into her books, but so he wasn't was able it. to fully crack it.
1: But the actual Rose PentaGar books are still out there, yep. and we don't know where they are or what they're being used for.
0: That's right. We don't know. We, we don't have no idea. Either.
1: We never figure that out! <laughs> Definitely not in year two. Uh, it's important to
4: note that this heist that we did didn't really go very long before we were
0: discovered. The Zone of Truth. All of the first years were brought to the Biblioplex, to the Hall of Oracles, where Captain Dapawing began to cast mm-hmm. Zone of Truth everywhere along with the help of her staff in order to get the truth out.
3: Yeah, Shelley started uh, saying, saying, Oh, I, I've done something wrong. I was told to poison your wine, here's the poison that I was supposed to yeah. put in your wine. And that
0: completely derailed de- everything. Everyday. As with a lot of Shelly antics. Yes.
4: <laughs> Luckily, Dean Abraham came out and was vouching for us and was like, Hey, they saved my life. Yeah. Don't expel
0: them. Arc 3, this moves us into Arc 3, which is The Auric. Episode 14, all the way to episode 20. The most immediate thing that happens in this arc is Koss receives the same letter that Shelley got from someone called M.
4: That's mm-hmm. right, because you were doing some stuff off-screen with, I would. Uh, with Amelia about that one.
0: You and Amelia, or rather, Koss and Shelly received letters off-screen, and that was sort of the point, was to get some uh, secrecy going with the group, mess with you guys a little, in which you both were asked to do the same thing. Shelly Shelley was the first. Shelly Shelley, <laughs> Shelly Shelly Shelley shell was the first. <laughs> Shelley didn't do it, obviously. Shelly outed themselves, and then Koss was asked to do it mm-hmm. in, in lieu of Shelley.
4: Yeah, and then we ended up trying to track down the person who gave me the letter, which led us towards a set of
0: lycanthrope wolfish footprints. Yep. Which were in Rose Pentagar's old treehouse. It is also where Dean Julian Valentin makes a comeback and kind of stays for a while. Because before that, he was just here and there. He was Uh,
3: very dramatic.
0: He
4: very quickly becomes our favorite.
1: (laughs) He was always my favorite. Oh yes.
0: (laughs) We know.
2: Yeah. For the longest time, I thought the vial from M. Are you familiar with Dial M for Murder? (laughs) I thought it was vile M for murder. And I was like, that is fucking great!
1: Except it's not for murder, it's for sleepy time. Which is kind of like a death. I thought that was an orgasm.
2: That's a little
0: death. (laughs) (laughs) This leads us into one of my (laughs) favorite. Moving on. The next big event was actually the first time that Jordan Zimonezov becomes a relevant character. Mm. He's uh, friends with Lorene from the Golwanda Tower, and she goes missing because a clockwork servant who has gone rogue follows her into the scriptoria and traps her there, essentially. And so Lorene recruits the group to go and save her. The next big event was that fight. This leads us into one of my favorite episodes I cover, The Night of the Goblins. Please, take it away. Tell me everything. Uh,
2: there isn't much to tell. You, you, Alex. Me. What did I do? What did I do? (laughs) Tell me what I. You, you know that I react in certain ways, and you wanted to take something from Griff to really roll everybody into your chaos. But I will just tell the story. (laughs) Gary blew up a statue. Melted. Melted a statue from the goblins. The
1: goblins also thought he blew it up. He was. (laughs) Everybody gets it wrong, and it's great. (laughs)
2: And melted. They wanted their pound of flesh. It just gold. Went. what? Gold. Well, gold. well, he didn't have the gold, so they were going to settle for flesh. But, you know, the problem is that they, the goblins, did that in Griff's house on Griff's time. They pressed the issue, and then Gary threw something.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> Gary did start it, it's true. And they threatened Minnie.
2: You, Goblins, DM, decided to take something from Tyler Griff. They
0: wanted money. <laughs> they were there for money, so they tried to take your family
2: away. I was. Good. And that was... Yeah, and you broke my finger, his finger, in the process.
3: Also Tyler's finger. <laughs> it Alex broke Tyler's finger. It hooked
4: really <laughs> bad. And, and
3: that, that's why Tyler just had to kill
4: a dude. Yeah, wasn't for the moment that it snaps on the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I realized that there was no other choice. You took something, you hurt me, you broke in
4: here. Fuck you. You gotta go.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it.
4: What Tyran's alluding to is the fact that he murdered these goblins. Yeah. Two of them. Two of them. Yeah.
0: But we brought them back in the same episode. It's okay. And
4: that's where Griff got like reverence for for Valentin. Yes. yes because... We brought them
3: to Valentin to have them brought
1: back to life. That's right.
4: Well, we turned into a vampire. Yes. As a side effect, yes. Yeah,
1: you know. Right. Well, we didn't know that yet. That's what happens when you get brought back by a vampire sometimes. That's what happens
2: when you mess with the squad bra. <laughs>
0: The next in the timeline is the Albear Rampage. Another Rampage? one of my favorite. Rampage. That's, That's great. Rampage. Rampage.
4: Rampage.
1: That's when Rampart finally finds out that Gary is Garth. That is right. The person yeah. that he was pretending to be, yeah. and gets real pissed.
4: Listen, there was a lot of drama going on in that episode, but the most important part is that Koss was working on a play this entire time, <laughs> and <laughs> the Owlbear Rampage interrupted practice. Yeah. Koss was very heated.
3: <laughs> Koss was very stressed trying to run a play. Oh,
4: fact about Kasi's role as a producer in a play, this coincides very nicely with the start of me doing similar things in real life.
0: (laughs) Outside of the party storyline, what had actually happened was that a stampede of owlbears barged in through Silver Quill, through Central Campus. The students were rushed down to the tunnels, which only Griff knew because Griff was a janitor. He led people down to the tunnels where a lot of people were being sent because the staff was taking care of the rampage. The staff? (laughs)
3: Because this rampage was in fact just a distraction, as the Auric were truly after a Mage Hunter cocoon that was gestating in the detention bug.
0: That's right, close out that art. It's the battle in the bog. We meet a second mm-hmm. lovable group of characters.
3: Five staff, yeah. quote unquote, members. Four staff. staff members staff. and an assassin. Yep.
0: <laughs> an assassin that was hired by the Auric.
3: And then and betrayed the Auric,
0: yeah. We meet the substitute teacher, Shmuel.
2: Uh, the full-time, part-time substitute
0: teacher, Shmuel. Shmuel the satyr. We meet clockwork servant, RC, which stands for? Archivist unit retrofitted for combat, engineering, and entertainment. Thank you for that. Then we have Lorehold Librarian Cadron. Who
1: was legit just created so that I could date Valentin. So you
0: can <laughs> flirt with the only other vampire, aside from Aurora, in the campaign.
1: We'll get to Aurora in a second. <laughs> <laughs> got a
0: monopoly
4: on the vampires very quickly.
1: Yep.
0: And then of course, Dragon's Guard
1: the reason she's
3: at the school is because she's a test subject. She is dimension locked. or planar locked cannot teleport in any fashion.
0: Now, these staff members do continue to stay relevant in the story. This wasn't just a one-off. And so that brings us into Arc 4, trading punches, beginning with episode 21 all the way to episode 27. And Arc 4, funnily enough, begins with the art of dating.
1: Yay! <laughs> my favorite season one episode!
0: Yep, it was all about Sorry, Tower. dating. Oh, you're fine. I'm just there or something. Yeah, Grief was not dating. I had mine, mine was killing. It was where Shelley established that they were dating neither Toby nor Xanther. But
4: also, kind uh, of both of them. Kind of, of matter of fact, it was more, it
0: was kind of like, what is dating? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And of course, it is the episode where Garrett Grigg infamously landed a date with the hot vampire. I think there was
4: a general vibe at the time of, oh, okay, him.
0: Okay,
1: cool. <laughs> <laughs> Aurora was flirting with everybody, mm-hmm. including Gary, and Gary took that to mean, oh, she's interested.
0: <laughs> one could say Gary was the only one who made a move out of a lot of you, and mm-hmm. anybody else could have dated her We're first. But, but we had a lot of fun with cost and Mistake playing uh, Cupid. Yep. <laughs> For Gary, that episode. That was cute. It's
1: Too bad none of that happens in season two. No dating in season two! Not at all.
0: Nobody dates. Love is dead, you guys, in season two. Yeah, we decided that all dating has to be
4: plot relevant, and so therefore we aren't dating anymore.
3: (laughs) Yep, all of us in real life, too, hate dating.
1: Yep.
0: (laughs) That leads us to the gala arc. (laughs) The gala took place over the course of at least three episodes. Mm. Uh, We met the entire Burning Hammer family, or the most prevalent members of the Burning Hammer family, including Bjorn Burninghammer himself. He would only had one scene in the first episode. To, really? Yeah, and it was mostly to introduce Griff.
1: Bjorn didn't even have a first name before the gala. He that's was right. just Grif's dad. Yeah, that's <laughs> right.
0: I was inspired by Tyler's backstory, where there's a lot of Nordic influence flavor there. I took a bunch of the names from these historical Vikings for the Burninghammer family because I thought it was fun. And Bjorn was one of my favorites, so, uh, you became your father. Was Siggy the child who was really into bugs? Yeah. yeah. She's the
4: most important birthing hammer to me. Sorry, Yes.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> also, oh, I of yeah. love, her. of
3: note, prior to this point, there had been a lot of hinting about Grif's estranged uncle, Osric, who is sort of the black sheep of the family. We were told by Professor Galvan to stay away from him. We know that he was kind of expelled from Strixhaven, I believe at this point we also know that Osric was implicated in the murder of Rampart's
1: parents. Which was at the opera, which makes Rampart Batman.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You also learned about The Collector the same episode because The Collector was rumored to be making an appearance at the Gala. Now, who is The Collector? The werewolf! (laughs) The werewolf!
3: He is a debt collector, and when people can't pay their debts, he collects the people.
0: Yeah, fun. Yeah. Necessary trouble. Yeah. <laughs> After some political intrigue and some rousing speeches from the beautiful. Yeah, oh, it's
4: important yeah. to note that mistake establishes a scholarship <laughs> funded by
3: the
0: Burninghammers. And Bjorn Burninghammer could do jack shit about it in front of all those people, <laughs> but nod and smile and agree.
3: That was the plan.
0: Yep. But furthermore, you also met Uncle Osric last night.
4: Not just Uncle Osric. We met the Collector also. And yes. The
0: unseen.
4: And then we were finding out that um, allegations of Uncle Oz's involvements might have been false, and it might
0: have actually been uh, Bjorn. Uncle Oz does tell Griff that episode. I didn't kill Rampart's parents. Your father did. <laughs> is there really learn about the eye too?
3: Yes. Yeah. Osric lost his eye, and Bjorn is using it to hex him. Because Bjorn still so has.
4: And then the Collector attacked.
0: Yeah. And then the Collector attacked. You managed to stop him. And who was he?
4: We did the Scooby-Doo unmasking of the Collector. <laughs> and I would've
0: gotten away with it, too. And it was Hugo Arneza, who was there at the party with his daughter, Lorene. <sighs> and up until then, I was trying to shape them up to be the people who were going to be collected. But we were way more focused on breaking up Griff's cousin, Jarek, and his oh, wife, yeah, yeah. Rita, who's very unhappy, <laughs> yeah. and had an unwanted pregnancy. <laughs> Although, there was we a never said
1: thing. that explicitly yeah. in the story. We never yeah. did, but I, I like it that way. Too. Nobody pried into it. Yeah, but, no you know, right. I,
3: we, we tried, she was very adamant about it's my business. <laughs> it. my And yep. it was like, oh, okay, okay. Well, all right. too polite for this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but she did ask for help to get away, and Griff Pulled some plugs and managed to get them right straight. R- straight. straight. Sorry, sorry.
3: I have no oh, no, all the water quill.
1: went out of the bathtub. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why that
3: lake it. is empty now.
0: There's a reason why I didn't play any silver quills in year one. I'm not good. good, good. Oh, um, I
3: love you. I would love a silver quill that just uses malaphores and Malapropisms.
0: Grip pulls some strings and managed to get Brita and her lover a ride through Rampart to get away, which was all in the name of love. Because Bjorn wouldn't allow Rampart in. Mm -hmm. That's right. Tried to
3: put Rampart Rampart on the guest list, and Bjorn said no.
4: (laughs) And this was the start of Dapplewing starting to actually respect us for that matter, because Dapplewing was here at this, and we saved the entire party from the Collector, including her.
0: After the Collector put them to sleep. And
3: And cost. Change themselves
0: to oh, yeah. look
3: like yes. Dapplewing when talking with the press afterward to give Dapplewing some, some cla- good
0: press. Which leads us into the end of the arc. You guys come back to school and suddenly you're hot shit because you made international news, or rather, you made national news as outside of the Strixhaven Star. What's the nation that Strixhaven is in? Um, I think it's Aurethia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there's a separate continent that's called something else. Detroit. The actual arc ends with the hit list. Which is where the party finds out they are now on the Oryx slash Captain Murgaxor Grinchel's hit list.
1: That's what M stands for.
4: Murgaxor being the charismatic,
0: enigmatic cult leader of the Oryx. He wants you dead, as well as Captain Dapplewing
3: And Professor Galvan.
0: That's right. Thus, forming an allegiance by
3: accident? By this point, speaking of Professor Galvan, we know that in his first year... There was an altercation between Galvan and a tiefling student from Redfell by the name of Lore, And Lore was pronounced
1: dead as a result.
4: Just when you think you found a nice human, they turn out to be a racist. Right. Or a killer.
1: A racially motivated killer.
4: That's right.
0: That, that, that sounds it like a racist. worse.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's definitely worse. And that
0: leads us to our final arc, arc five, Unmask.
1: That's where we played Truth or Dare. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yeah episode twenty-eight is the beginning of that arc, and that is Truth or Dare.
4: That was one of my favorite interrogation sessions. <laughs> it <laughs> I was really quite liked fun. that. It was so fun. At the time, um, not only did we know that we were on the hit list, but we also knew that there was two orc infiltrators in the school—one staff member and one student—which is why we were trying to interrogate our entire friend group.
3: So we decided Truth or Dare with some use of Detect Thoughts would be a good way to try and suss out a potential Auric within our friend group. And
0: it was both fruitful and not because while playing Truth or Dare you didn't get that much from the people who were playing Truth or Dare but the person who bailed on Truth or Dare Toby unveiled some key information to Shelly about his past thus making him the number one suspect but only to Shelly who was oblivious. Uh, Shelly was still too pure. Yes. Shelly did not believe that her friends could be capable of such things. Oh, they were too pure, but also a little pickled. Yes. Most of the
3: time. So, this was also when Aurora dared Shelly to not drink alcohol for like two days. Because Shelly had developed- A It was a week. It was a week because Shelley had developed a bit of a drinking problem. Because of this, Shelly ended up getting really sick with alcohol withdrawal because they took it very seriously even when Aurora said, buddy, you gotta stop. Yeah. You're hurting yourself, and that's how Shelly ended up in the infirmary for a monthish.
0: That's right. Shelly in the infirmary is the next big event in the timeline, and that is the episodes of where you guys got your mascots, which was a big deal for some of us. Pigment. We <laughs> met Pigment. We met Phoenix. We met Gary's fractal mouse, and we met uh, Pascal Griff's um, I like little fire. Gary's monkey. the
3: only one who hasn't named his mascot. Which is very appropriate
1: considering what happened with Gary's inkling. I would Gary name his mascot. <laughs>
4: fractal mouse. Yeah, it's a
1: fractal mouse. That's a good side note though. Of Gary had an inkling from a silver quill class he was taking like early on, and then the inkling ran away, and Gary kind of went, "Oh well, that sucks," yeah. and like did not really reclaim this inkling. Yep.
0: Yep. It was actually this episode where Shelly found the inkling. It had attached itself to the house cat. It's also um, in this arc where Mistake and Jordan have a bit of a connection. When they discuss the owlbears and how she's been studying them and realizes they were dead the whole time. Yeah. Through some math.
3: Which means if the owlbears were dead the whole time, that means they were corrupted with Eldritch Bomb post-mortem. That's right. Implying Eldritch Bomb cannot corrupt living beings, which was important information.
0: And then, of course, The Living Room. Another one of my favorite episodes. It is the episode where, finally, shit goes down. The Ulrich enact their grand final plan for the end of the year, which is assassinate Captain Dapplewing, maybe assassinate the F-Squad. Toby was outed in this episode.
3: Mistake slash Rin had this brilliant plan to distract everyone and give reason to potentially snoop through people's rooms to figure out who the Auric is. But Rin didn't know that this was was the day of the attack. So that whole thing just seemed super fucking awkward in context.
0: <laughs> I loved it. It gave us it gave me an excuse to like wait for the right moment to make it happen. And everybody was in the same room at the same time.
1: So a thing that was important for the living room fight was that Gary had been spending time this whole second half of the year developing an antidote to the eldritch balm which involved a lot of like silly things of him like walking around with it and stuff but <laughs> we ended up <laughs> with these like multiple turkey basters full of eldritch balm neutralizer which the F squad were then able to use to get the furniture to stop being sentient everyone
2: but toby and i remember griff being really mad about that
1: yeah toby
4: just that, yeah, right?
3: yeah. So we tried very hard to get Toby kinda on our side by just talking to him and reasoning with him, but he was too much of a coward and just
0: well, coward. His ultimate response was, my family has been removed from our homes, forced out of our homes, and the only help I've been given is through these people, the Oryk. And they, they're the only ones who have lived, lend a hand to my family. And they tell me that if Captain Dappling dies, then we can go back to living in the Black Moors. So that's what he's there to do. And so he's there to distract you guys while the staff Oric killed Captain Dapwing that morning. Furthermore, we had also learned that the Auric would take care of Lucent's by wiping people's memories. They used a potion to wipe Shelley's dad's memory whenever they tried to, to mess with him. Actually, I believe that was the only one so far, but then. Well,
1: we were starting to notice Greta. Mm. Oh, that's right. For doing stuff. We didn't (laughs) realize that it was an auric thing initially, but we certainly knew Greta was struggling.
0: So the living room came to life and tried to kill all of you, Uh but you guys slayed.
1: Yeah, it's still in our name.
4: We fight furniture.
3: Yep. Yep. Including a toilet. (laughs)
4: <laughs> that was, it was
3: that, a hysterical. That ate part of Grif's mullet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was a toilet, a piano, a couple piano of armchairs.
4: The ate some of c- score.
3: Yeah, because <laughs> it got set on fire, uh-huh. and the, the
1: score was on it.
0: The candelabra, which didn't even take a turn, because Mistake killed it with one fucking arrow. Whoa,
1: but it had the flesh
0: That's right. You all broke out of your tower, and managed to stop the assassination. And when you unmasked Yorick, it turned out to be... I feel like
4: we missed the very important detail of how we defeated Dean Cayenne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad joke. Yep. Yeah, it was by far the shortest combat I've ever run in my DMing career, and
3: <laughs> some of my favorite parts of this, we had a sending stone between us and Dapplewing, so we sent her a message before we even left Crop Tower to tell her to get out of her house because. You're, you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. We run over there having to like bob and weave for all these crowds. Like, you had us do all these checks just to see if we could like stay on our feet while pushing through all these people. And by the time we finally get to the manor, Daphne's just Jay chilling in her home. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like,
1: Daps,
3: what's she doing?
4: <laughs> I think her scenting song was on vibrates. Yes. And on a yeah. call somewhere.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She just didn't hear it.
0: She was having her morning tea. Oh, you yeah, can't she was, be she was in the
1: bath. We haven't talked about the fact that Dapplewing was, like, getting sick. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she has sick.
3: Yeah, she <gasps> she keeps yeah. getting bloody noses. Mm-hmm. And she's... I think that's all we know at that point.
1: Yeah. Now, it certainly seems well, concerning.
0: Cost knows.
4: Yeah, that's true. Cost uh, didn't have a child with Dapplewing. So, you know, we save her life now, but then she's still getting sick with this. Yeah. Si- disease that it seems like the entirety of her family has.
0: She even named uh, her family. They were the Charmings, and uh, most of them get sick and don't make it to middle age. That's a sad note. Um, <laughs> so- but hey,
3: we found Dean Cayenne. We did know that she was Cayenne at this point, We had suspicions through other things when we were trying to figure stuff out. Mistake's earring. Yeah, so Mistake's earring, Toby was able to confirm, and Dean Cayenne was the only staff member that peaced out instead of talking to Dapplewing when Mm. Dapplewing was looking for people. So we we knew it was her by this point, but she's still there with her mask and all of that, and she got brought down by a joke.
0: By Tasha's hideous laughter.
3: And like,
4: four failed saves in a row. God,
0: yeah, that was brutal.
4: So by the time she had an action, we had already like surrounded her, tied her up, and readied a bunch of attacks, and it was just like, okay, fight's over. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah it all ended so
1: abruptly. It didn't even start. It was wonderful.
4: So, yeah, overall a successful mission. Um, <laughs> the only thing that went wrong was that afterwards, when we went back to the tower, we found out that Toby had
0: wiped his own memory. Out of cowardice.
1: And then Dapplewing asked Shelly, who, you know, was basically in a relationship with Toby, what they wanted to do about Toby, and Shelly's decision was to let Toby just retake year one like nothing had happened.
0: Yeah, and Dapplewing felt enough pity for the poor rabbit folk, Aaron to allow that.
1: Takes us to the last
3: episode? That
0: takes us to the last episode is the end of the year.
3: We finally put on the play.
0: The production of Lilith. Mm Mm-hmm. The production of Lilith and you choose your colleges.
1: And Gary got broken up with. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Why? Because he cooked too much and he wanted to take care of her.
0: He pampered Aurora too much. She wanted uh, more of a fighter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nope.
1: We know
4: somebody big and strong with like damage spells. Maybe somebody in the Iron Lifter Society or something. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you know a guy?
3: (laughs) One thing we didn't mention was that at the end of the year we learned that Professor Galvan actually didn't kill Lore. Lore killed Galvan and got a ring that made him look like the last person he killed. So the Professor Galvan we know and love is actually Lore.
0: Lastly, I, just, I don't necessarily want to reveal too much about Year 2 because I want people to experience it, but I do want to cover a couple Why is there a
1: heart next to Fane's name?
0: Because I like playing Fane. fucking <laughs> bastard. I do want to note some relevant antagonists that the uh, F-Squad yes, has made.
3: Another, another key feature of Year 1 See, Griff was so upset about the goblins that invaded, he figured out that his boss, Fane, the Mm broker, was the one who let the goblins in by basically accepting their bribe, and let them disguise themselves as janitors in order to get close to Gary. And Griff was so pissed off about this that he had a vendetta against Fane the whole rest of the year.
0: Yeah. Very angry. Yeah. Fane was kind of a sleazeball the whole year. Yeah, he he was Yeah,
3: he, he went after Kos because basically Fane accidentally sold Koss magical paint instead of normal paint and tried to bully Kos into giving it back and all yep. sorts of shit. So at the end of the year, Dapplewing let Glyph <laughs> fire his own boss. That was a tremendous moment.
2: <laughs> it's really great.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. So yeah, Fane the broker, as uh, we haven't heard the last of him, that was one enemy you made amongst many. Joan Burninghammer didn't like you guys very much.
4: Yeah, but he's a rich asshole. Yeah.
3: He's a rich
0: asshole. He likes Gary. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we know Gary. he likes Gary.
3: Well,
4: Gary is a respectable business person.
3: Presumably, he likes his wife. Yeah. yeah. We're not so sure on yeah.
0: that. I mean, if Jarek is anything to... I,
4: that, that's fair, yeah. that's fair.
0: That brings us to Jarek. Jarek is actually uh, Jarek Burningham Burninghammer. Hammer. Sounds like jerk.
4: Probably I just, um, if we had to summarize him in that one word, it would be asshole. <laughs>
0: Jealous husband asshole. Yep. Yep. Also rich a few years older than Griff graduated a little while ago But is uh, jealous that he's not the golden boy. And well, Griff of course
1: is. not. He's albino.
0: Yeah, he's an albino Leon. That
1: was an ableist joke. I'm sorry, but I'd wanted to work that in anyways And then you said <laughs>
0: golden boy. It only got worse when uh, you took his wife from him um, well, basically. We
4: did nothing. Yeah, she, we took her, she She was doing that on her own. Yeah
0: But he didn't like you. And then there's Grooks, who we covered a little bit, but uh, he was was, uh, an interesting one, because...
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, he he likes Gary, because Gary was learning how to make a bunch of, like, blood-based food to impress Aurora, and then gave some of it to Grooks, and and Grooks seemed pretty happy about that, for context.
3: Grooks was one of the goblins that was killed and brought back to life, and we found out by the end of the year, he turned into a vampire. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then finally, M. what can we say about M? Not much. Yeah, kind of a mystery. It is a mystery. Yeah. Is he malicious? Yes. Is he malevolent? Yes. Is he a megalomaniac? These aren't mysteries. But is he a
3: mistake? No. No. (laughs)
0: Mistake is in the party. Bars, no. So yeah, that was the year one recap. Any final notes we want to throw in before we go?
1: Vampires are hot.
0: (laughs) They are. They are. All right. Well, thank you very much, and we look forward to seeing you in year two.
2: I know. (laughs)
0: Season 2 of Roleplay Radio will premiere Wednesday, September 13th, 2023, with new episodes released weekly every Wednesday after that. Feel free to like, share, comment, or even join the Roleplay Radio Discord server as we count down the days till sophomore year. You can also check out our World Anvil, where you can find lots of cool content regarding our Strixhaven campaign and the weird, wonderful world of our K-views, or at least our version of it. Thank you, everyone. We are Roleplay Radio, and we love making up stories with friends. See you back at school.
2: You're still here? it's over. It... Go
4: home. Why, why are you? Chris, still... who are you talking to? No, no one! That, are, you, are you talking to yourself in the mirror again?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. Was Chris talking to himself in the mirror again? Yep. Yeah.
0: Don't see. listen to them.
1: <laughs> I see
0: pride. Be yourself. I see
2: power. Yes. see a bad Leonin who don't take no crap from nobody! <laughs> That's a Cool Runnings reference. Alright, we're good. <laughs>